Welcome back to First World Solutions, the problem-solving show for people who don't necessarily need one. I'm Joel. I'm Oscar. I'm Tom. And we're here to fix all those little problems for you, the tiny ones, the minor inconveniences, nothing major. We like to think of ourselves as the quibble busters at this point. The quibble busters. I beg Patent you pending. never to use that term again. <laughs> I've got t-shirts with it written on, though. Oh. For all of us. For all of us. <laughs> In fact, I've thrown your other clothes away. I'm sorry, it's all you've got now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, right, should we fix up some problems? Let's help some people. Tom, right, what this, you got for us? This comes to us from uh, Agnia Barto on Twitter, who states... I accidentally clicked on a wrong emoji, and now it shows up in my last use emojis, so I accidentally click on it more, and at this point I might as well get a new phone. Can't you just erase that? No, you can't. No. That, you, I mean, they don't have that That's a permanent record. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard that what happens now is um, when you, you shuffle off this mortal coil and um, your family are picking out a, uh, a casket for you to be buried in, a coffin for you to spend your, your, the, the aftertime in, uh, <laughs> they, they don't give you the option for it, they just take those most recently used emojis and um, burn them into the side of the coffin. Yeah, I believe it's on your gravestone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, what, we're... Is it top ten? Or top five? Most recent five. Yeah, most, yeah. most recent five in bigger and then like the, 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 the then further five in smaller Everything you've used yeah. in yeah, use order. Slowly zoning out actual fonts and text starting with gravestones and coffins. That makes sense. Mm. I mean, it's I just mean, a more efficient way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. If, if your emojis are correct, but when you've made a mistake, mm. then that throws the whole thing out of whack. So. It really does. And the trouble is, the more you try and correct that mistake, the more you're probably going to hit those buttons. Mm. I feel like the... I mean, there's no phone-level fix for this. This is something you're burdened with at this point. So you've really got to come at it from a mental angle and try and make lemonade here. I think you've got to start learning how to use obscure emojis in conversations and just kind of take a swing and try and reclaim what you've done. Okay, so you you have a regular conversation, something that you, the kind of conversation you have frequently. So let's say the most obvious one being like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, gust of wind. It's all right. Um, and you can just edge them into conversations yeah. that way. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, the beauty of a pictographic language is it is up for interpretation. So mm. when you say gust of wind, you could be like, yeah, I'm feeling breezy today. Or that's like, very true. That like, they're going to interpret it how they... They're not going to assume you've made a mistake. Everyone thinks everyone else is perfect. Yeah. Also, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but if anybody ever sends me an emoji, even if it looks bizarre or out of place or wrong, I never question it. I just assume they know something I don't. Mm. There's... Levels of irony with emoji use, I think, mm. depending on your age bracket as well. A lot of my emoji use is very, very self-aware and like, this doesn't go here and it doesn't add anything to the conversation. And to be honest, I should stop doing it. It's probably pissing See, I would, I would quite enjoy that. My, my emoji use is far too literal at this point. It's, it, like, it's like I'm 12 and I'm on MSN again. It's a smile, smile, frown. kiss is like top. Yeah, kiss is up there. But then you have your other list of received ones and kiss is like... No one's sending as many kisses no. as you. <laughs> You're like, I need to rein this back. I'm looking into the actual emoji list at the moment, and mm -hmm. the stationary sections <laughs> kind of bizarre. <laughs> there's not there's there's three icons. Oh no, no, sorry. There's two icons for paper clips, which is one too many. But then there's three for pens, four for pens, uh, and I think four for locks. What you've actually got here is one for paper clip. And one for paper clips. Yeah, what's this ah. guy? There's just two two interlinked rings. There's a safety There's a, pin. That looks Chain. like the top of a Coke can. I have no idea what you'd be saying about pens that would require the level of accuracy and specificity. 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 Specificism. The the different. There's a very minute minute differences between these pens. Are one's a biro, well, that, one's a fountain pen. That's regional dialect, isn't it? Oh, I see. Fair enough. Uh, that that would make sense. So if yeah. you're from like the west coast, I'm trying to find maybe more you'll examples. send a biro. Yeah, but then like you you talk to your friend who's a bit you know a bit more north. Yeah, a little bit more. And uh, he sends you a fountain pen, but you understand that he means biro. It in takes your a while. Tongue. Yeah, that, I was like, oh, oh okay, he means biro. The, the tool section is more confusing. You have why is there a tool section? Okay, well no, let me run you through it. Hammer, hammers intertwine. <laughs> Hammer and wrench, pickaxe, nuts and bolts, gear, and then sword and two swords. <laughs> Why are they in the same section? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, landmarks, I guess, okay, but surely if you're at one of these landmarks, 
You could send True. a picture. I'm at Mount Rushmore. Oh, I, sorry. Let me send you a tiny picture of Mount Rushmore so you know that I'm at Mount Rushmore. I, th- I feel like what we need to do here is, as a unit, we need to come up with an emoji primer that we can just give to people when this happens and just go, like, so, you've accidentally started using this emoji and it's going to keep happening. That's totally fine. Here are a few ways you can incorporate this that won't look crazy. Maybe some emoji combos. So, for example, they've accidentally used building or so. It's like, it's okay. Try building cat padlock pen. Wait, okay, what does that mean? It's like, doesn't fucking matter, but I guess we... It, building it looks strong good. narratives with animals. Lovely. An important part of everyday life. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Showing your more human side, your more nurturing side. Is this a push notification that they get as soon as they press an emoji that's wrong? Well, it, I like that. The video ad starts that, playing. In the same way that Clippy used to turn up when you were writing a Microsoft Word document. That's exactly it. Can we have... An emoji mascot who would do the same thing. Clippy? Oh, oh! actually, could we make it really creepy and just have whatever emoji was next to the one you pressed come alive <laughs> and go, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, yeah, I guess that... Well, so we get your attention. But is it speaking to you in this emoji dialect? Do you have to learn... Oh, God, that would be horrible. So an emoji comes alive, speaks to you, but only through disembodied versions of his friends. Maybe it's like one of those um, language learning apps you get where it comes up and it's speaking to you in English, and then it, it stealth installs another app underneath that slowly teaches you more and more emoji. Uh, and then it gets into your, like, your Twitter and your Facebook and Instagram and starts editing all of those. I like that. Because there's and already a lot on there, so you're not going to notice them creeping in slowly. All of a sudden you're in Word trying to do your CV and you've noticed that every single thing is an emoji, including yeah. your email. Is this what Wingdings was? Was it preparing I think what, us for, the, for this? I think oh this God. is what Wingdings was trying to be. Yeah. yeah. But now when you're... I don't know if you've seen um, people who use things like uh, Japanese and Chinese script. Yeah. I've seen them typing on their phones and they type phonetically and then it turns into the character after the fact. So maybe it's the same thing here. You type on your resume like, I'm a very hard worker, and it gives you a hammer, a thumbs up, and a smiley face. Oh, okay, fair enough. I quite like that. My So what would the emoji combination be for my biggest weakness is that I'm too much of a perfectionist? I feel like you've got the up arrow that says top. Okay. And then like a child, because children are weak. <laughs> but then um, okay. is, then a heart and then a family. Total perfectionist shows... is going to be the 100% sign. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. All right, that works. All right, let, let's try another one. Let's workshop this CV through a little more just so that we can make sure that this person never has this issue again. Okay. And has an emoji for everything. How about um, great with people and dedicated to service? I mean, you've got the family unit. Family unit. But you'd put businessman running. Okay. Yes, which you can use the gust of wind with to mean he's going oh, really he's fast. Going really yeah. That's nice, how you stop nice combo. That's, yeah. that's increased your score. Uh, and then the uh, then the, the, the flame. Dedication, I think you need the pen and then the moon symbol to show you're working at night. Oh, okay. And then the dollar signs, like like three of them in a row, just show how much money you'll yeah. make by doing it. Excellent. I, re- I really like the, a- the physical manifestation of how much money you'll make for them. What about dollar sign... Big wave, dollar sign, big wave to show that it's waves of income. Oh, okay. Oh, They're yeah, all yeah. pushing it I mean, through. you could even go for the actual the wave emoji there as well. Is it wrong that I'm really kind of getting into this? One more. I think we need to move on. Otherwise, this is the rest of the podcast. It is, absolutely. This is really addictive, and I want to be able to speak in emojis now. If you've enjoyed this section of the podcast, we'll put a link in the description. We're going to have an emoji-translated version of the rest of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a script a mile long of just emojis. Mm -hmm. And it'll take uh, three hours to to listen to. (laughs) It'll be an absolute mess. I reckon we fix that up. Brand new patented emoji system. Yep. Look at it coming everywhere soon. Just uh, just before we leave this entirely, there's an emoji for an erupting volcano. Yeah. I mean, if you completely ignore the sexual element of that... I just can't. I mean, just just pretend we live in a world in which we can. Okay. Who's conveying that a volcano nearby is erupting with not enough urgency they just leave? They feel the need to actually just show a picture of an erupting volcano. There's a volcano erupting, just like this. I mean, emojis are used quite... You have two categories. You have the euphemistic emoji and you have the literal emoji. If you're saying you take the euphemistic out of a volcano, you're saying it's entirely useless. So in that scenario, the creators of that emoji have put that in deliberately because they know no one will ever text this volcano is erupting. Although, is there only two categories? You've got literal, you've got euphemistic, and then I think you also have transcendental, where it could be any, it could be a modifier to something else. 
So I think that's more of a wildcard thing than you can actually say a complete. So category. when you put like money volcano, it means that it's just spewing money everywhere. <laughs> really hot money. Or volcano thumbs up smiley face bursting with pride. There you go. <laughs> Please never text that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. We've solved your problem by ruining language forever. Seems pretty good to me. Oski, you got one for us? I do. This one comes from Maha Al Ansari on Twitter, and it says, Nothing hurts more than spotting a better parking space as you're walking away from your car. And he's followed this up with a broken heart emoji, just to keep thematic, but okay. has then re replied to himself saying, it's the worst, and a second broken heart emoji. Oh, this guy really got taken downtown, yeah, huh? Yeah, really, really cut up. I mean, there's there's part of your problem. If you're going downtown, parking spaces are... Uh, it's few and far between. How on earth do we fix this to the point where you're always going to be satisfied with your parking space all the time? I always wanted to put car parks on a treadmill. Interesting. Let me run you through. Yeah. I was gonna, you've got right. a horizontal band. You, you drive into the car park, you've got multi-story, big, yep. big room. But you drive in and you don't have to climb all the way to the top. The first entrance is just a conveyor belt that's sliding horizontally across. Okay. You come in, you press the button for one please car, and then you... <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to press the button for three car please? A family. A convoy. A convoy. A <laughs> truck. Um, and you <laughs> is one truck equal to three car? It has to be a modular truck. But you, you drive, <laughs> you drive on. You press the button. It stops the conveyor belt. You then drive your car on, and then you get out, and then you press the button to say everybody's safe. No one's going to get mangled no one's, in no the machinery. No one's chomped by the conveyor. And then you you walk away, and it sucks your car off to the right and slots it somewhere in like a shelf, like a vending machine sort of setup. But so. Are you talking about a car park that is miles and miles and miles long, or does this treadmill conveyor belt snake up and around? It snakes up and around, it okay. runs into other conveyor belts. There's a whole sorting system, which I've got the schematics for, but I won't bore you with today. Okay. See, this is, I mean, it's a, a kind of fix, but not quite, because what we're talking about here is his emotional response to the car parking situation. Mm. So, well, in this scenario... Maybe this car park was full. There we go. he had to go to the old-fashioned one. <laughs> maybe he did. But what I'm thinking here is, he is distinctly disappointed by getting in a parking space and seeing one that he's in love with more. In your fancy future death car park, you'll put the car in the conveyor No confirmed belt. deaths. No confirmed deaths. But those workers haven't been seen for weeks. Only rumours. <laughs> I just got... I, 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 that's very important for me to state. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read. <laughs> you might want to believe this, but I'm saying that you shouldn't. But, even though it's true. <laughs> God damn it! Um, the, yeah, the thing that this guy was getting at was that he was very disappointed with the car parking space, whereas emotion never factors into it with what you've suggested, because mm. you just drop your car off, and you don't think anything of it. You don't get that emotional response of, that's a good space, or that's so not it, a good space. You just don't ever emotionally respond. You drop your car off and you leave. So this is a journey of acceptance that we need to take. Because lower your standards and you'll never be disappointed. It's not even about lowering your standards because you set your standards when you park and you went, this is fine, this is enough. And then you saw something better. Yep. Even if your standards are low, you can still compare. You can. See, I've got, I wasn't going to suggest this solution because it's incredibly costly and pretty unrealistic. But then Joel came at us with treadmill car parks. So I feel like this is a step down. I feel like we don't need to change car parks. We need to make this man the apex predator of traditional car parks. He needs to be able to not see the cars, he just needs to see the spaces. So, kind of, like you were describing, predator-esque heat vision, but it only finds the sweet spot in the car park. In a sense, and if someone's in there, he has essentially an enormous platform that can come out from under his car, slide out, go under the next car, lift it up pneumatically, and okay, put it on yeah, the yeah, roof yeah. of his car. Okay. So he just kind of slides right on into the parking space, and the, the car that was in there is resting safely on top. What is his car that can support the weight of another car on top of it? I mean, it's going to have to be it's the traditional three-car truck. Okay. Yep, the modular one. Yep, the modular I mean, three-space truck. it kind of sounds like very similar tech to what we're already employing in the, in the death car park. Yeah, but Treadmill this, is on a, this is on a... <laughs> This is on a car-by-car car basis. But this is car-by-car. Car, so rather than a, just a meat factory. This is reserved for the very rich. Yeah. This is not for everybody to to. And enjoy. why should it be? We haven't earned those car parking spaces. It's true. Maybe we need to test the tech on rich people. And then roll out to the masses. I feel like there's going to be a distinct cull of rich people after this product gets launched. What if more than one person has this and they both want the same space? Because then you're going to end up with like three car stacks. 
Oh, this stacks. could be beautiful. How tall is the car park? How how high could one of these stacks I mean, potentially go? Open air car parks, there is just no limit. These are very sturdy things. They can go as high as they need to. So what you could be I mean, expected to see is an, an entirely empty car park apart from one space, which is mounted 24 high. Also, who gets... At some point, we're going to be running into aerospace restrictions. <laughs> so <laughs> which car is responsible? Which car gets the fine? Which... It's got to be at least like 50 quid to get in the way of a plane. Probably. Uh, no, 25. Mm. We're not monsters. They've paid quite a high premium for the service in the first yeah. place. Let's not, you know. I think, uh, I mean, part of me wants to say it was the first person to lift another car over the aerospace limit. But also, survival of the fittest. If that car can't get out of the way. Mm. But then also, your car, if it's at the bottom, it's not in the way. It's not in the way. No, but it's the top car that's in the way. We've mentioned the car at the bottom. Does it have the option to leave? Yes, but with 24 cars. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the same uh, skyscraping tower of cars making its way down the motorway, mm. away from the car park in a hurry. Yeah. I mean, what you gain in... What you, what you lose in handling, you gain in presence. <laughs> That's a status symbol if ever I saw one. It absolutely is. I think what we've accidentally invented here is the world's greatest car thieving set. So what, you... You've just, seen people steal one car before. You've never seen someone steal 24 in one go. So the, this person, they're the equivalent of, I guess, casing the joint for a brank or something. is just yeah. finding a really good parking space. The best one that everyone on the, with this system is going to want. Getting in there and just waiting. No, actually... You want to be no, the last one you there. You want to be the last one there. If you're the first one there, you're going to be in the aerospace restrictions. Oh, of course, yeah. You probably want to park, unless they reverse engineer the tech and it stilts, and <laughs> you get to the stack and you climb to the oh, top. Dude, no, that's perfect. So it's instead of lifting a car up, your suspension simply can extend upwards, and you can just kind of go around and over the car on the bottom. Yes, but then you'll be at the. Yes, and yeah. then clamps come down. Yeah, you lift up the entire stack of cars underneath you. Yep. <laughs> I love the fact that we're not trying to stack these cars into a car park anymore. We are thinking of ways to steal the whole stack. We've made a crane machine. <laughs> Do you think it's lever operated? Oh, I'd like to believe oh, it. Yeah, that would be you have to pay, like, It's um, a game of skill. I how much do you have to pay each time you use it? Uh, 50 beer go. 50 beer go. Which, if you've already rich and you've already invested that's, in If you've nothing. already stolen 100 cars this week, that's pittance. It's cost of doing business, isn't it? However... I, I have one thing to ask, realistically. When you get these home, or to your lockup, or wherever you're going to sell these... I'm glad you said realistically, because realism is a big factor. Yeah, massively so. When you get back to, to wherever you're going to keep these cars, mm -hmm. you're on the top uh, of this 24-car stack, which, by the way, sounds like the best way of driving ever. Mm. You've driven with wheels 10 stories high. Um, but you're back at your lockup, you kind of pull away from the stack and slowly lower yourself back down to earth. Yeah, which is going to take a few minutes so it's you gonna, can reflect on the day. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Just like, oh man, this is the biggest stack I've had all week. This is nice. Okay. Um, have, you, have you have you got to park all 24 cars you've stolen? This I is my thing. You're going to have to sell these on, right? You're yeah. going to have to make some money off of this, off this massive heist. Mm. You're going to have to scale this tower of cars and break into the top one every single time and do the same thing. Well, it's going to get incrementally easier every time. It's true. But you're going to risk death every time. To Maybe try and sell it you can sell the bottom car for more money. And you can sell the it... top car for less money. But the cost of doing business is that that person who buys the car has to scale the stack yeah, and, and break in. But they get people, like a, can, be... you, can you wholesale sell the stack? There'll be people with specialist equipment to break the cars apart and sell them piecemeal. So we I are think, crea we're creating a booming industry and thriving underbelly of it as well. I think yeah, I think it, you can find someone to buy twenty four cars wholesale. I think you mm. can, but and they're all neatly stacked, so they can just drive them away. <laughs> they don't need any That's lorries or anything. He can like that. he can get a ladder. A very, very tall ladder. Yep. <laughs> and scale to the top. Perfect. There we go. We fixed your problem. Kind of. I see no I see no reason to even think about improving on that. No, absolutely not. There it is. Moving on. Joel, have you got something for us? Let's see. Let me have a check. Let me have a look see. Keeping us in the storage mind of things. <laughs> what were we in the storage mind of things? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna store these cars. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's where we are. We're in the storage mind of things. 
Hello, welcome to the storage unit. <laughs> storage Wars. Why did you get so much more chocolatey when we talk about storage? I just love box. Um, <laughs> this comes from Caitlin, which is Ayuzi on Twitter. She doesn't look that oozy, but whatever. Um, she says, opening your fridge and not having enough room to put more food in. I hate this so much. I mean, especially when you live in shared accommodation and you only have maybe one, maybe one shelf and a door, door bracket. Yeah, like one and eggs. a half shelves each. You can't really plan ahead and you can't store lots of things. So yeah, Maybe this is the time when your roommate has brought back like a whole roast hog that just kind of sits taking up the bottom of the fridge. Well, that's the thing, because if someone makes a big meal and they've got lots of leftover lasagna or something, and they say, oh, do you mind if we use your shelf? And you're like, yeah, that's fine. I don't mind. Like, we all we all had some of this lasagna. And then you go out to do your shop the next this day. This feels very specific. And I don't know, lasagna. <laughs> we all had some of this lasagna. It was kind of on point. Good, good work, Mark. It was, it was all right. What I'm thinking is... Your shelf, their shelf was full. Your shelf was full of lasagna. And you need more things because you can't eat that day in, day out. It's not even yours. No, it's true. So where do you put your things? Can we find a way of utilising, kind of, I'm thinking like a big food stack that we could <laughs> put the food under the first one and lift it up hydraulically until we just stacked it to the roof of the fridge. I mean, that just seems ridiculous. Here's what I'm thinking. You basically need to set up a hierarchy of the stuff that definitely needs to be in the fridge, stuff that probably should be refrigerated for a bit, and stuff that just needs to be cold. So the stuff that absolutely definitely needs to be in the fridge, you know, dairy-based products, I guess like chicken, uh, meat, like meats that need to be in a fridge and kept there, no question, those go in the fridge. Okay. Stuff that just needs to be cold, make a pile somewhere outside of the fridge and just point a couple of fans at it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So you're suggesting basically kind of like a ghetto fridge situation. Ghetto fridge situation. If it's the winter, that's even better because you can just hang it by a rope out of a window. Yeah, just leave it outside <laughs> in a bucket of water or something. Yeah. Or just utilise the washing line that you never utilise during winter and hang out your meats. Yeah. If it's good enough for, you know, Spanish meat delis, then it's probably good enough for you. <laughs> it's a very, very good point. That's, got bit, that's the reason that that's the reason you see so many big legs of, like, you know, pig, or I don't know. what. <laughs> one leg of pig, please. One pig leg or whatever <laughs> hanging up in a shop. It's because they've run out of fridge space. Oh, I see. They've actually got, like, three fridges back there. but They're you know, all stacked full. Yeah. yeah. What if there was a way to increase your fridge space? Like, Go on. get your spare room, open your fridge, point it at the spare room, and leave it in the doorway and they just seal around the outside. <laughs> you were talking about like your fridge tent. Well, tent I think is- He's kind of like hot boxing a small room. But in reverse. But instead of- Cold boxing. Yeah, you're cold boxing it. You're making an ice box. I think it's gotta be a full room. Yeah, like, absolutely. People already have pantries and larders and stuff. They're already quite cool. Yeah. It's the basement. You can just point the fridge down the stairs. Okay, that's great. How on earth are we getting anything in or out of this room? Airlock. That wasn't- posited in the original question. I'm just looking at trying to hold it. I mean, so so you're literally just looking at storing it to the point where you can never get it again. Yeah. I mean, assuming that's how. It's basically like a meat panic room. Yes. Like a like a vault. A meat vault. A meat vault. Welcome big to old... the meat vault. <laughs> Would you like to come and see my meat vault? Put on your protective gloves. <laughs> We're going to the meat vault. Put on this protective jacket to make sure you don't get too chilly in my meat vault. Wrap up warm, kids. <laughs> We're taking a family outing to the meat vault. <laughs> oh, boy! Hooray! I want a pig leg! Right. Uh, okay. So here's my thinking. The fridge is in the way of the door. That's why you can't get in, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why are we assuming that the door of the fridge is what has to move? Why don't we seal the door bit, the hinge, in the room so it's already open? Because mm-hmm. it needs to be open to let the heat out. And then we put the entire fridge on hinges... <laughs> And give it a handle at the back, and you can just swing the whole fridge out of the way. That would have some surprisingly satisfying weight to it. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be cold in that room. So you need to be pretty warm before you go in. And the exertion required to move an entire fridge out the way (laughs) is probably going to keep you warm for at least a couple of minutes. I know it seems like an obvious question, but this fridge we've turned into a door. Is Is there anything in that fridge? So is the fridge empty with the whole room of stuff in, or do you still utilise the fridge space? I mean, it seems pointless to not use any fridge space. That seems wasteful. But Wait, every keep... time you open the door, yeah. stuff's going to fly out. It's just going to go everywhere. 
So you've got to have only kind of square-shaped wedged things that mm. can't fly anywhere. Yeah. I'm thinking like boxes of pastries. Yeah, I think that's where you keep all your dents, your pastry, your butter, your frozen pig legs. Your frozen pig legs. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's going to be coldest at the point of the fridge. Now, I'm glad you brought up the idea of frozen because obviously we fixed this fridge problem. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to have a freezer variant of this. Um, but unfortunately, the freezer variant of this will be near enough deadly. Okay, well, here's the thing. You're going to have an ice cave. Heat rises, so does cold sink? Yes. Logically, must do. So, you've got the fridge room, then you get freezer basement, and, and then you guess you have like the same method of getting water out of a well. <laughs> you get you have that. There's a trap to get, door. Yeah, there's a trap door with a bucket on a string, <laughs> oh, and then that's and how the you get... Vault. That's, oh, God. That's how... No, that's, yeah... That's the ice cave. Um, <laughs> so you, like you basically, you have to go in the meat vault, mm. wrapped up warm, and then you just kind of go, "Stay back, kids," and then you just kind of get the. Uh, I like the family lilt this has as well. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the, you, you open up the trap door in the meat vault and just grab a fishing rod yeah. and just kind of lower it down and yeah, try and scoop like, up the one thing you froze there years it's ago. It's like ice fishing for frozen pizzas for and the bags food you of, bought a year ago. Bags of vegetables, you know. <laughs> Just, oh, we want burgers tonight, Daddy. He's just, oh, good. Just... Let me get my burger bait. Let's go and, scoop, <laughs> go and scoop up some meat from the meat vault trapdoor. I like the idea of an ecosystem down there. I think you'd need a map as well to keep track of everything. <laughs> I like that a lot, you, actually. I think you'd frame it on the back of the fridge. Okay. So you'd open the fridge, you'd look at your map, and you'd be like, right, I need to go to the north quadrant. Which is where the burgers are. I need to go to Sector E. <laughs> sector B for burgers, come on. Oh, okay. And you go there and you get your rod out, and that's how you know that you're going to be getting prime quality rib meat. Okay. And you, Or, instead of a vertical storage system, maybe a horizontal one. Maybe you've got... Isn't that rooms? Yeah, so you have another <laughs> room behind it that's frozen. Okay. But presumably you've got a freezer connected to <laughs> But you'd have to, because freezers are a lot smaller, it's just kind of like a small crawl space. Yeah, Yeah, but it's with a door that slides out. Okay. So you can file everything in alphabetical, size, perish, like expiry date, whatever you, whatever your system is, that's fine. And you just pull and it opens out the cabinet and you just file through to B and you take out some burgers and then you push okay. it back in again. We're not in the, uh, you know, property development business, but the crux of this is you're going to have to have a watertight organisation system for all of these things. Absolutely, and a lot of square footage to make the meat vault work. Well, yeah. not square footage. Re it's going to be rectangular because it's going to be long and thin because <laughs> it's just one shell. Yeah, it's true. I'm not, I'm not in the market for squares. I think we need a long line. Long line. I like this. I also am now heartbroken that real estate agents don't tell you things in rectangle footage. Mm. Oh yeah, for this one specific. Just, yes, and what's the uh, what's the like what's the Pentagon footage of this place? How many cubits? <laughs> That's the thing. A lot of prospective buyers will go around a property and be like, "So does this get much southern light, or does how is it for you know for the the winter? Does the insulation is it?" And we're we're envisioning a room where you go, "Oh well, the rectangle rectangle square footage or whatever you want to whatever terminology they want to come up with. It's good for meat vaults." You're going to get plenty of meat in there. I, I, I love the idea that this becomes a norm and you go to a house viewing and just like, and uh, this very long thin room with just blood stained on the walls. I believe this was used as a meat vault. Just, oh, oh, okay, this was the meat vault. Yeah, we've, oh, we've seen a few properties like this. None with quite as much depth, though. That's very mm, impressive. This is lovely, actually. Honey, and isn't this a good meat vault? Depth is the only direction that matters mm. in the meat now vault. Now tell me, is your, uh, is your ice cave, is it a horizontal or a vertical system? Actually, this is vertical, this one. Oh. Oh, interesting. It's a new okay. build, so... Um, <laughs> We've gone with the modern fishing hole yeah. system. Uh, but, I mean, I think vertical might be a fad, which is why you want to invest in horizontal, I think. Horizontal is stable. It's going to constantly stay with you. Mm. Yeah. It was, the, it was the original. It will always be there. Like, like chrome. <laughs> like chrome. Chrome. Chrome taps. They never go out of fashion. Chrome and black and white. Not so much black. Chrome and white. I've never <laughs> seen a black tap. Mm, I was thinking more of the porcelain around it, but yeah, that's again still no. That's that's harrowing. Ooh. We have gone severely um, off message. I say that's fixed. I yeah. think the walls in the meat vault need to be black, because otherwise you'll see too much blood. Yeah, you you'll see everything. You'll see too much. Rule number one of the meat vault sees little as you can. Trouble is though, we're gonna need some kind of torch, and I was envisioning like a flame bracket in there which completely ignores the point of the meat vault. Maybe it only comes on when you open the door. 
there must be a system like that already in place. <laughs> we'll, Wonderful. We'll get our best men on it. I think we've got time for one more before, but better. Oscar? Yeah, this one's a little less uh, high concept, I suppose. Was the meat vault high concept? <laughs> was it, in fact, a natural conclusion to an existing issue? <laughs> what we did was make a giant fridge that was a room. <laughs> yeah, the crux of that was make a fridge bigger, get a bigger fridge. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's all it was. I ran out of space in my fridge. Get a bigger one. We yeah. just took it too far. Anyway, this one comes to uh, Shirley, Balancing Act 66 on Twitter, who says... Really roughing it this weekend. Had to use a hammer and a wooden spoon to open my corked bottle of wine. Now, right away... I'm, I'm sorry, how? Yeah, that's kind of the reason this one jumped out at me. The first one problem is, how do you use a hammer and a wooden spoon to get into a corked bottle of wine? I, I mean, hammer on its own... Yeah, that, the wooden I spoon can... seems superfluous there. Yeah. Unless you're using the hammer to break the bottle and the wooden spoon as a shield. Or a wooden spoon to spoon up the wine afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you break she it smashes over the bath. It open. You smash the wine over the bath. And then just sump it <laughs> up. Wait, hang on, there's a bath? <laughs> or like a bowl or something. It's got, there's got to be You can't just smash it onto the floor. I love that. Just really roughing it this week. Picking broken wine bottle shards out of my teeth. I'll yeah. be spooning it into my mouth in the bath. Although what you can do with spirits and stuff is just break the top of the bottle and then put like a cloth over the top and just pour through the cloth. Is that from experience? Have you done that? I've Never make me a drink again. I don't see what's wrong with my cloth cocktails. <laughs> cloth tails. <laughs> cloth tails. It was right there. Right, well, shit. <laughs> I th I'm just saying there are ways around it. I don't think it would work with right, red wine or white wine. Any types of wine. What? I, but this is the problem. She's mm. she's trying to, well, she's having to, she's already done this, yeah. I think, is the thing. She's mm. gotten into it. I feel like we need to come up with a universal system of opening corked bottles of wine that is not a corkscrew. Have you ever used a shoe? I have heard that a shoe is a good method. It is a method. I've See, here's the thing. I've seen people say, put it in a shoe. Oh, right. you, wait, you put I'm, it in a shoe? Yeah, you put you, it in the shoe. I'm with it so far. Then you take the shoe, you bang it against the wall. Yeah. With you there, that pushes the cork out, apparently. Yeah, it does. But here's the thing. Picture a wine bottle in a yep. shoe, banging against the wall. Yeah. The wine bottle is horizontal. It is. Once the cork comes out, where that wine going to go? Where that wine at? I don't think. Well, it depends. If you're in the situation when you're getting so into the act of smashing a wine bottle against a wall, understandable that you don't notice the cork actually edging its way all of the way out of the bottle or onto the floor. And I don't think you deserve the wine. I think it's if true. you're that, if you're that into the act of just smashing something against something else, trying to get wine out of it, if the wine comes out and you aren't ready for it, you've got to deal with that yourself. Can we just ban corks? Because they are nothing but an inconvenience. Screw tops only. Mm, but then screw tops are unsatisfying. I feel like we need a new solution. New to, lid. We need a new lid. You know what? Good. The ring pull lids that T-Bog has. What about a cork with a ring pull in? Oh, are a you hybrid system you're what suggesting. What you're describing there is a corkscrew that you don't screw all the way in and just have to pull really hard at. So, yeah, so it's not in, it, the corkscrew is already embedded. And all you have to do when you get your wine is just pull. All right, so... Okay, so have every wine bottle with a corkscrew already inside. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a cork with a metal thing in, and then it's just got a tab. You pop it, like a can of Coke. Mm. Why does this make so much sense? This isn't even a, a goof at this point. I want this to be a thing. Yeah, I think want... about how ludicrous the wine aisle would look if every single bottle had a corkscrew sticking out of it. Well, you'd just yeah, adjust you just you wouldn't it. have all of the arms and everything like that. You just have a little tab. Yeah, I think it's one. much funnier if it's like a big elaborate corkscrew <laughs> out of every bottle of wine, and then the or price Nate with a lion head. Well, yeah, the price goes up tenfold, but it's worth it because everyone can open it slightly easier. Honestly, I love this idea. Just a little tab system on a bottle of wine. That's great. Or magnets. And you sell a magnet... Um... So a metal cork? Well, you're just... Well, well no, the, the cork is still cork, but it's got metal in the middle and it's magnetic on the top. Yeah. And so you, you've seen things like... Um, what do they call them? The, the ones that they put bubbles in your bowl. Oh, the weird little things uh, that are in the bottom of, like, Guinness. The, the, soda, the soda maker. Yeah. Things. You slot a bottle in, it makes your thing fizzy. What if you soda get something... Stream. Yeah. So instead of a soda, use a soda stream kind of setup, a unit that sits on your worktop. You get your now magnetic wine bottle, plug it in, pull it out, and the cork stays and in and falls into a little bucket, and you've got your wine. I mean, that's great, but this girl didn't have a corkscrew to hand and had to use a hammer and a wooden spoon. Do you really think that she is going to have something magnetic on hand? Well, I want to know. This 
the, the context of this question is the thing that confuses me the most. She, wherever she is, didn't have access to a corkscrew, which implies she's away from her regular home setup, mm. and yet had access to a wooden spoon and a hammer. Where has those things, but not... <laughs> Where's that Venn diagram meeting? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what she has she gone to a, a faraway cottage or something, but has brought red wine with her and a hammer? What's she planning on doing? Yeah. What's that wine helping her forget? Maybe that's too dark a place to take it, but I'm just asking the question it, that everyone else needs to be It was asking. on everybody's mind. Mm. You just took it there. It's a very fair point. Um, I'm still confused as to where the wooden spoon comes into this. <laughs> what I'm thinking is they put the spoon on top with the handle pointing down and then hammered on the spoon and the cork went in. So you push the cork in and then you pour the wine around it. That's I, the only thing I can envision. I am thinking potentially the wooden spoon might have acted like the kind of socket of the shoe. And then okay. you kind of cup it and then hold it and hit the hammer. Or a drill piece. You tap into the side of the wine <laughs> and then make a little spout. What, and then like you can the just... way that people get maple syrup out of trees? <laughs> <laughs> Almost exactly, yes, but with spoons and hammers. And you just you tap it in and you, you leave the spoon in until you're ready to drink and you put your glass underneath. So the spoon becomes its own cork in this situation, I guess. Yeah, yeah it absolutely does. This woman's got to think for corks. Absolutely. I mean, the realistic answer to this is get a screw top, but I like the magnetic Honestly, soda stream situation. I really liked the tab system. I like the tab mm. system. The tab system's great because it then completely... I mean, don't get me wrong, big is going to come after this. It's going to come after it hard because they will be completely nullified. Mm. But big corkscrew. But, but that's that's why I think the magnetic one will be an easier sell because we sell them big corkscrew. You don't need a corkscrew anymore. What you need is a cork magnet that you can just. That's have on the, the thing that they sell now, which is it's going to cost more because even though it's going to be a tiny magnet, we're going to house it in like cast iron, big big housing <laughs> that sits and dominates your worktop. <laughs> Like a coffee machine. It's, can it be like in the shape of an enormous, like austere mansion? <laughs> it's just like a wine, wine put, shaped hole in it. Yeah, you put your wine into the wine mansion. <laughs> what if you shut the door? Oh yes. And then reopen it, Did, and it's and that's where the, the leverage system yes. comes in. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> it's a, enter the wine it's mansion. Like the, it's like the disappearing lady, isn't it? <laughs> that's actually. You know what? Screw it. The screw top system was uh, great for consumers. Uh, a wonderful addition, subtle, beautiful in its design. No, wine mansion. The wine mansion. <laughs> cast the more, iron wine mansion. The more garish, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it? Is this going to be a thing? Like, in lower class households, it's kind of just like a, a cast iron two up, two down. There's going to be a fix <laughs> I think, to the house. I think it, you get someone in to quote you for your house and you get a representation of your own house. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Because you bring wine into the house and then you bring wine into the house. <laughs> Okay, um, are the designs of wine bottles themselves going to have to change to fit this? Are wine bottles now going to be shaped like people with I mean, the same cork system in the top, but it'd be like putting a person that it, into so a house? You, you put them into the house and you decapitate them to get at their sweet, sweet juice. Yeah. Do we decapitate or do we take their hat off? Yeah. I mean, I mean you're still drinking their innards. Yeah. Well, it might be better for them to be decapitated gone. at this point. I mean, they'll still be cognizant for seven minutes, or they'll have to see people drinking it. I mean, shampoo, not shampoo, shower gel, shampoo. They, they have like kids' versions where you pop someone's head off and yeah. wash with their innards. So That's true. People are already accustomed to it. They're, they're crying out for this. All right, cast iron wine mansion. I think it's a go. I'll do it. Fix it somehow. <laughs> I mean, you'd need to bring it with you. Yeah, to, to the well, cottage no, you wouldn't because this, this is all mandatory. Every house will have it in. Oh, I see. Mm. You see, this is a government program. It's like fire fire alarms. Yeah, you have absolutely. to have at least a fire alarm in each room and a cast iron mansion wine <laughs> thing in the kitchen. <laughs> you get you get like a kind of message once every six months on your phone, just like, "Hi there, uh, the uh, cast iron wine mansion guy is going to be around just to kind of check to see if you're all up to code." Yeah, that's the thing. You have to let fire safety people in. You don't have to let the police in. You will have to let the the wine people in. Absolutely. It's like the hinge is going a little bit. There are too many heads in there. <laughs> the wine man is coming. <laughs> Quick, dust up the mansion. <laughs> uh, I think that's solved. I yep. think that's solved, yeah. But better time? Let's move on to but better. Let's come up with our own solutions to problems that aren't really, they don't really exist. They're not issues, but everything can be improved on. Everything can be iterated upon. There's always a wiggle room. And this is the wiggle room segment, but better. We've got some suggestions in a hat. It's quite an empty hat now, but 
there's still a choice few suggestions in here, so we're gonna we're gonna go with one today, and then we're gonna top it up for later viewing. Yeast for him. <laughs> Good. Is this like? This seems like it's running on perfume style. This. By the way, you look are, at me. This isn't one of mine. This, this is okay. not one of his. You are actually absolutely correct in your assumption. Welcome to the world, gentlemen, of yeast for him. Basically, what we've got here is I was I was positing this uh, a little while ago. The women's perfumes can smell of delicious things that you want to eat: berries, sweet things, interesting things, things that are frankly delicious to all senses. Guys get to smell like pine. Exclusively pine and leather and le pine leather sandalwood like pepper maybe I'm, I'm describing some delicious things to you here <laughs> exactly guys scents are terrible but I don't know of anybody who wouldn't want to smell like freshly baked bread why can we not have a new range of perfumes and colognes that smell like delicious foodstuffs and but are high-end, not like, you know, Lynx dark chocolate that's £2.50 and never even gets close to chocolate. I'm talking meticulously researched, well-designed, 45 quid a bottle, real expensive shit that was gonna make you smell like a fresh baguette. I mean, I definitely would like to smell like tiger bread. There you mm. go. That's, that's in the range. That, think, that's in the, that's the like, second year range. I think some of this, this tech already exists, doesn't it? Because there are certain corporations, I'm not gonna name them, but they, they sell themselves on fresh Produce. Oh, you're talking yeah. sandwich boss. Sandwich companies, some kind of sandwich company. <laughs> oh, you're talking uh, underground sandwiches. Yeah, that's the one. Underground sandwiches. Underground sandwich. Yeah. yeah. They put themselves forward as a fresh company that is baking everything in house and everything's. That's you go into their restaurant. You're like, yeah. ooh, smells like. I mean, I use the word restaurant yeah. loosely. I mean, but, their, their tagline is munch freshly. So it's. There you go. Munch freshly. That's. <laughs> That took a while to get, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's it. That that perfume must exist because they don't actually... I think some of them do bake in-house, but a lot of them are just pumping this scent in to make you think that. Yeah, that was, it, that was, that was like finding out some kind of, you know, horrible truth is that mm, yeah. the smell isn't real. But that's... It was very convincing. It was. So they must have that serum somewhere. And honestly, it makes me a bit hungry. When I smell it. it now, I think it's a Pavlovian response, but oh, when I smell yeah. it, I'm just like, oh, god damn, that smells delicious. Even though, no, it doesn't. It doesn't smell like food. It's nonsense. I think a hunger response is probably what you want to elicit. incite, yeah. elicit yeah. In, in people. This is the thing. A lot of the time, colognes are sold on the promise of sex. You're going to smell so say. good that someone won't be able to get enough of you, and they'll be massively turned on by you. Is this an issue that we've stumbled upon in the fact that no one's going to want to fuck you, they're going to want to eat you? Are you kidding? People, th th there can't be no people that smell bread and don't want to fuck. Like, that, there can't be... I don't know, because bread is a very homely scent. It I is. Think bread, Where I think, do you do most of your fucking? When, I, when your I use home. the word homely, what I'm saying is, they're not going to want to necessarily have sex with you, but they are going to want to marry you, raise children with you, and be supported by you. I see. That okay. seems like a pretty positive... That seems it's positive Perfume, for sure, yeah. but you're using it it's in not a different an, context. It's not an animalistic scent. It's no. it's more of a come here and settle down with me. It's not a night out perfume. You don't put it on to go to the club. Although this would change uh, clubbing environments forever, because you'd kind of get someone who's wearing yeast for men walking past someone who's gone for the kind of like Indian flavor and is rocking like a real rich chicken tikka. Are we married to yeast for men? I am. Putting my foot down and saying yes, <laughs> you are not I mean, taking this from me. What what else could it be? Is yeast the scent that people love though, or is it the barley? This is the thing. You the... can never you can never actually call these perfumes what they are. If we're gonna follow the traditional perfume model, no perfume is sold as sandalwood for men. It's always like you, you get... what about bakery? You get a level of obfuscation. You take mm. what the, the scent of the particular bread is. So I'm saying one that smells like tiger bread called raw. There you go. Okay, that works. So what would a traditional baguette be? Um, well, see, I think you have yeast as the overall bread family, and then you'd have yeast raw. We have like so yeast colon raw. Yeah, yeast like raw. Jump, jump, you've got yeast raw. Yeah, or you have like, you call something like boulangerie or something like that. Yeah, mm. you call it like those European vibes. Very sexy. Because you basically, if you translate something to French, regardless of what the word is, it sounds like a perfume. Yeah. Mm. See, this one tweak to perfume has me incredibly excited to get it again. But there is one thing that we really need to ascertain before we go ahead and launch our product lines. Mm. Are there any foods that are off limits? Eggs. 
you can't have egg perfumed. <laughs> I don't you think can't, you can't have egg perfumed, but you could have eggs fried, eggs scrambled, eggs Benedict. Would you want to smell like scrambled eggs? <laughs> what have what about like it? omelet? Spanish omelette, tortilla, omelette. Okay, this omelette is, du homme. This, this is. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a section. We just name the kinds of eggs we know. Omelette du homme. Not omelette. Oh, omelette. Perfect. Omelette, but with an H. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. The, 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 the name sold me. I'm there. <laughs> that's that's gonna be the advert. Just like a guy from like Wigan. Just like omelette. No, but with an H. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a shirtless, muscular man making an omelette and then just dipping his hand into it and rubbing it against himself. <laughs> no, because perfume adverts aren't that literal, though. No. The implication would yeah. be maybe you'd have the omelette and he would plate it up. Someone cracks then... an egg and a sexy man falls out. <laughs> How, I have a very, very important question. How big is the sexy man? It's a very big egg. Is that he... helps you. I was much preferring a very tiny, very, a very sexy tiny man. egg with a full size six foot six. <laughs> just crushed inside. <laughs> just like you crack the egg open and just this horrible like man fetus is omelette. unfolding before you, just going omelette, omelette. <laughs> just trying to fix himself. I think Oscar was right. Eggs are off limits. Eggs are You're off right. limits. We can't advertise we eggs. Had to, we had to crack open Pandora's box to find out. Yep, turns up. I think just thematically, <laughs> if nothing else, you can't have eggs. You can't have eggs. All right, eggs are off the table. Are eggs there any the others table. that we're not touching with a temper barge pole? I feel like anything that you were forced to eat as a child. I was going to say broccoli just now, yeah. Anything that you, like sprouts, no one's going to have sprouts. Broccoli, carrots, sprouts, Although sweet corn. Although you could do that as kind of like a festive range. Oh, so like a Christmas. I mean, people have had enough of the like mulled wine scent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe So why not sprouts out. with bacon? Sprouts, butternut squash. Um... What else? Cauliflower cheese. Cauliflower cheese. <laughs> I mean, that's a daily one. So yeah, that to be fair, I'd wear cauliflower cheese. Cheese is an interesting one because it's it, very polarizing. So are some of these perfect. I mean, Dracar Noir, infamously polarizing as a scent. Mm. Yeah, that some people swear by. It. I think that would be the kind of like that would be like Parmesan in so our. So some, something our like Parmesan would be a way to find your people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you like walk past someone and someone smells a bit like Gouda, and you're just like, hey, man. You, but then also, an on. inexpensive way to replicate that is just have cheese on yourself at all times. So if you go for the cheese scent ones, why are people just not going to go, well, I could just have cheese on me if that's okay. Well, why not go and get some sandalwood and rub it all over yourself? Same kind mm. of principle at this point. You're paying for the brand and the and the way they sell it to you. You You're can get sandalwood for sexy. pennies on the dime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not. that's not the only scent profile in these things. <laughs> yes, it like, is. Only sandalwood. Ah, wood. <laughs> all the time. Um, we are there any others? Well... Here's my thinking. Yeah. We could sell them as uh, constituent parts of a perfume range that you mix and match. Can we sell them as meal sets? Oh, That's what I'm saying. Yes. You, w- you wouldn't sell cauliflower cheese. You would no. sell cauliflower. You would sell, roast, you... You would sell roast dinner, is what I'm saying. You sell so, a family of different individual scents. So you yeah. would have the roast chicken. You'd have cauliflower cheese. You'd have unnamed veg. You'd have cauliflower and you'd have cheese. Oh, and then you combine the two. It's super granular, super modular. You make this. up your meal. And so your uh, the shelf, which you'd previously had a nice square or diamond-shaped bottle on, is just lots of small glass recreations of the elements of a roast dinner. Mm. I like this. So, But how, how far is this going to go? Because if you wanted, for example, to smell like cake, do you have to smell like eggs, flour, like <laughs> chocolate? I think sponge cake is an aroma that we sell. Okay. And then, and then if you want to have jam and cream in that, those are two separate scents. I like this. That you buy on as an add-on. Oh, who would want to smell like just cream, though? I don't know. Probably the same kind of person that wants to smell like cheese. Mm. I like the fact that we've just completely ascertained that the bread was the best idea and just gone, like, well, that's that's definitely a product. But yeah, that's it. We but we can add. Bread's our like, flagship. What if you want to sell like a... What, what if you want to sell sandwich? Yeah, exactly. Like a salami and ham and cheese toasty. You sell bread. You've already got the cheese. You sell cheese, you sell ham, you sell salami, and you sell heat. Do we have the co- <laughs> do we have the cooking processes Does heat as a perfume? <laughs> Does heat have a smell? Do we sell fry? Do we sell boil? <laughs> oh. Do we sell steam? I think this is like kind of third generation. This is once we've completely taken over the market and we've got people used to the meal concoctions. Like meal is phase two. 
Uh, yeah, yeast, yeast for men. That's phase one. Is phase one. Because everyone will get the concept immediately when someone goes, don't you want to smell like fresh bread? And yes, absolutely, in. And then that's their tipping point into the world of strange smells we've created. <sighs> what? The advert campaign. Phase two. Meal. The best thing since bread. Oh! oh no! God damn it! I want this to be real so bad. All right. Well, that we can't. We can't start this any further. This is called think. but better, but we can't get but better than that. No, that's it. We've we've reached the end. That's oh it. my god! Yeast for men, a unanimous hit. Oh yeah, I'm loving yeast for men. Beautiful. Right. We're gonna we have so up? many families around. <laughs> I'm excited for the wholesome vibe. This has been First World Solutions. Uh, I think we've helped a bit. Maybe I mean we didn't kill anyone this time. No, this we didn't. Is, Although this that is a rare occasion in which it didn't end in you know the apocalypse of some description. Honestly, if you guys had turned yeast for men into some kind of horrific genocide, I would have been very angry. But... I don't think we should mention the sleeper ingredient. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> There's me... no need. If you've got any other problems you want us to take a run at, um, anything you think we can fix, just like we fixed all of the issues today, hundred percent success rate. <sighs> ding, ding, ding. Um, ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. Uh, just send tweet. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> send tweet us now. Just send us a tweet on Twitter. We're at, at FWScast. That's our handle. We also look at hashtag first world problems, first world solutions. We'll find them both. So pick one. I don't. It's anything. Whatever. What do you want from us? What do pick you want one. from us? Just we're not your mum. Just come on. But we will help, just like your mum does. She's a <laughs> she's a good woman. You should call her more. She's worries about you. Is she? Okay. Are you okay? We're okay, because we, we have been Joel. Uh, we have been Oscar. We have been a very bready Tom. No problems? No problem. <laughs> <laughs>